We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is an episode today that I thought we already did, and it will be very near and dear to my heart. Very near and dear to your heart. Closer to your stomach. Yes. Well, and my arteries, based, See what on, I did that. based on how clogged I guess your arteries are. are important, too. Yes. Um, although, be proud of me, listeners. Beer drinkers. I thought you were going to say me. I was like, I'm always proud of you, Mike. Aw, thank you. Uh, I have been very good at my little uh, mini super diet cleanse I've been doing. Oh, right. I totally forgot. Was I not supposed to bring beer for baseball show? No. Okay. Um, I am allow- Oh, my goodness. I forgot. I am allowing myself- Wednesday's your cheat day. Wednesday to drink beer. Fair enough. And then I drink on the weekends. But my weekdays, I would have a beer every night or two beers every night with dinner. Sure. I am cutting dinner beers out. Okay. But because we do the podcast on Wednesday and we do the baseball show, I'm allowing myself to have beers that day. Gotta have cheat days. Yes. You just don't skip leg day. No. Can't never. skip leg day. Leg day is every day for me, <clears> so <throat> the amount of cardio I'm doing at this point. Oh, I just <laughs> thought it was because you're large. I don't know. I'm a, sm- I'm a short guy. I didn't know if it was like if you're over six foot, every day is a leg day. No. Because you have to carry your torso. Uh, I don't al- have to carry my torso, although I am getting a little squishy. <laughs> <laughs> although... Uh, my legs, because of my size, certainly get more of a workout doing cardio because I'm just large. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Um, just be proud of me because I've been doing very well. I am not in the camp of when you're dieting, weigh yourself constantly because for me it's more of a negative reinforcement. Um, a lot of people use it as like if I – Like if, a goal, like, oh, I'm getting there. Well, also it's like a, it's like a pressure thing. Like I have to weigh myself tomorrow so I can't eat this. For me, even if it's a good number – it, it messes with me. And so I don't weigh myself that often, but I am fitting into my shirts better. I'm fitting into my jeans better. Nice. Everything is fitting nicer. Hell and, yeah, dude. And my girlfriend sent me a picture yesterday because I had my red workout shirt on. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, I was like, I think I'm really starting to kind of notice it. She sent me a picture from like the week before I started doing this in my red shirt. And then that one, it's a difference. So well, good. I'm in, I'm at two and a half weeks of uh, doing this and I'm feeling quite good. I have this mental mark of I'm going home for Passover mid-April and I'd like to semi-surprise my family with, Mike, you look good. Right? That classic, man, you looking good. You yeah. lose weight. People say that to me all the time and I'm like, nah, man, I'm the exact same. <laughs> I'm gaining I think weight. I, I shaved know. today. Yeah. <laughs> and you like think I've lost a ton of weight. But I, I want to, I want, that's my line. So I started March 1st was the first day. So I'm basically giving myself six weeks of like extreme strict don't break it for anything except for, you know, I'm allowing weekends to be a little bit more of what I normally do because if I don't do it at all, I'm going to go insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, be proud of me because I'm feeling great and I'm only in week three and I can't wait to see how I am in week six. Um, the reason I say that is because the episode that we're doing today is brewery food. Ooh, baby. And I thought we had done this, but I went back and looked, and we have not. No, it was more like a brewery aesthetic environment, just kind of overall ambiance. experience. Yes. Uh, it is pronounced ambiance. What ambiance. did I say? Oh, and you said ambiance. Oh, ambiance. You just ambiance. 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 The end is like for, half silent. Pretend, pretend like you're French. Ambiance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ambiance. Ambiance. <laughs> 
Um, so we'll be doing brewery food today. It'll be kind of a combo of things I like, things I want to see, and then uh, also our favorite brewery foods. Mm. And then, uh, you know, we'll get Patrick's opinions on some of my hot <clears throat> takes that are going to be coming. And they'll be hot. Trust me. I've, I've got decent takes on brewery food. As cool. somebody who doesn't eat a whole lot, i got tons of takes. You can find us. Instagram.com slash beers on us is our main hub for social media. We have a Twitter and a Facebook, but we don't really do anything with it. So follow if you'd like. But yeah, I'm about to delete both of them. Yeah. it's, it's Just give it up. We did all <clears> three. as like, we're on all these platforms Look now. Look at us. We're crazy. Neither of us are exactly the beacons of social media no we're uh, not you're instagram only i'm twitter only but i have not really looked at our beards on us twitter, yeah so. i'm on twitter i every once in a while like to tweet random sports things out it's mostly talking s about my teams beating other teams it's, mm-hmm. it's mostly just hot garbage so instagram.com slash beards on us that's where you can find us that's our main hub you can dm us whatever you'd like uh don't, don't curse us out i mean you can i guess but we'll block you so <laughs> don't do that if you want to see and then stuff. put you on blast on this podcast <laughs> yes all of our listeners will hear how terrible you were. Bobby Sue, you're going down. You can find us uh, podcast places, most places you can find them. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Omni, Odyssey, Stitcher, TendingToTheFan.com. Uh, we are not on Spotify. And then uh, subscribe, rate, review, download wherever you find us. It helps us out. Uh, weekend beer-wise for me, I'm going to be frank. It was very, very minimal. I did buy some beer from Market of Choice this week. Honestly, none of them were really that good. Um, I was intrigued by this beer that I bought. It was from Boulder Brewing or Boulder Beer, which is shockingly out of Colorado. Um, I've been there. They had a coffee stout, a coffee Irish stout, and they said it was aged on Jameson soaked wood chips. Ooh, hello. So it wasn't barrel aged, right. but it was aged on the wood chips. Um, I think it's a little fair, a little similar. You might get a lot of the same characteristics similar. out of that. I, the beer didn't hit for me. It it was like I don't know. It's like uh, lack for lack of a better word, water watery or flavorless. Like mm-hmm. there was a there was a middle portion of it that was like there's nothing here. I got and and the stout was very light, which was fine, but I didn't get a lot of rich coffee flavor from the stout. I guess I tasted the Jameson a little bit. It kind of came through, but it's kind of. It kind of just fell flat to me. Mm-hmm. I was excited when I saw it. I thought it was a super unique sounding stout. It fell flat. Otherwise, nothing I had was truly standout worthy or spectacular. Um, you know, I went to, uh, I forget the name of the restaurant. Oh my God. The place that's on the west side that has the super spicy cheese balls uh, just over the hill. Man, I'm a Washingtonian now, dude. I'm completely out. Once I moved to Washington, I forgot everything. Salvador Molly's. I forgot everything I know about Oregon. Uh, <laughs> Just immediately. Out. out. Uh, What's Sal- this Sun River Brewing? It what looks is, like Deschutes. What is that? It's probably not very good. Salvador Molly's is where I went. And uh, they have a very limited beer menu. I had a couple of Breakside Pilsners. So Holla. enjoyed that. And the food there was fantastic. But um, otherwise, I've not been drinking during the week. So uh, beer-wise, not exactly anything I've done this week. Uh, my week in beer has been kind of wild. Um, I... Uh, I Totally didn't post these pictures that I said I was going to post, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, I ended up purchasing four lagers and four hoppy beers, and it ended up being four Hellas's and four West Coast IPAs. Yep. And to be honest with you, I really didn't care for any of them. Mm. Uh, and some of them similar are, experience for both of us. Yeah, some of them are breweries that we talk about a lot. Some of them are beers we've had in the past. Some of them were one-offs, and honestly, it might have been a mind frame thing. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff that I just really wasn't vibing. You know what it sounds like to me? Huh? You need to branch out a little bit, Mr. Hellas and uh, West Coast IPA. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, if I'm going lager, I think I want to get back into some German Pilsner and not like Italian Pilsner, but some German Pilsner. Maybe I'll take another crack at some Czech stuff. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, none of them jazzed me and it could be uh, style fatigue, could be palate fatigue meets style fatigue, and, and that could be rough. Uh, but on the fun side, a couple things. Uh, I've been working with the boys over at Grains, as that is my full-time job. And we finished up uh, kind of hand-bottling and doing all of our World Beer Cup entries, mm. which was really cool. I remember my, my, time at, my time at Breakside, when they would do that, um, I was very far removed from that. So I just kind of saw it from afar and tasted the beers, and that was cool. But to kind of watch 
the brewery program make that happen on a small scale at Grains was just really fascinating to just watch the boys do their thing and kind of see how they organize it and how they taste it, how they talk about it, the categories to put things in uh, was was just really kind of fascinating and 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 really exciting. So that was a wild week, and you know my my hats off to those guys. And if you're interested, uh, shameless plug. I don't do this often, but I'll do it right now. On Friday in Camus, there will be eleven new beers tapped, uh, from Loggers to Mybox to Reds to IPAs to Baltic Porters to Schwarz, to Vienna's, to everything. Wow. Uh, and on Friday, you said? On Friday, and hopefully we get some of those. That would the, be the 18th. And hopefully we get some of those to the Portland spot by Monday as well. So that's some cool stuff going on at Grains. But the biggest, most important thing that we will share is, Mike, you There's and a bigger I, thing that we can't share. You, but, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing for us right now is we will be presenting at the Oregon Beer Awards once again. In person. In person this year, which is really exciting. Did we mention this last week? I think we did. Okay. But what we didn't say is the category. Ah. The winning category that we'll be announcing. Uh, we have signed up for barrel-aged stouts. Oh. Uh, when the fine people over at OBA sent it over to us, and I said, you know, what are the category? What categories are open? You know, what can we present? I saw it, and I don't even remember what the other ones were. I just looked at it, and I said, Mike Lynch, we're doing barrel-aged stouts. Mm. So we've got that. Well, that'll be really exciting to present that on April 6th at OBA's uh, to announce the winners of barrel-aged stouts. I wish that we could taste I know I know the beers that are in the category before we present it just so we know what we're just so we know what the bronze the silver and the gold taste like I know it'd be so rad well maybe we can chase them down you know a lot of people package their barrel aged stuff True. so maybe we'll be able you know to chase them down and find some stuff that could be really fun who does well in that category normally do you know uh, I know I know you're way more into like you have gone to so many of them although you're usually loaded so Yeah, I think that's what it is. Honestly, when it gets to the barrel program stuff, I usually use that opportunity to go get a beer and <laughs> and 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 use the restroom. I just don't drink a ton of those beers uh, and I'll look at the winners later. Um in previous years, I mean, I know I know like when Sean Burke, who's at Foreland now, I know when he was at Von, Erber, Von Ebert, he has done well in the mixed fermentation stuff as far as barrel-age sour stuff goes. Um, and then in the barrel-age stout stuff, I think it, I think it's kind of really all over the board. I think a lot of people uh, have done have done some cool stuff. Uh, I think it would be fun to see, you know, for your for your taste, Mike. I think it'd be fun to see, you know. Deschutes land in an abyss yeah. or or tough love at uh, at Crux, which is my favorite because I know you love those beers. Um, but it's such a wild category that you know, no pun intended. It's such a the barrel aged stuff is such a crazy complex category that even if I did remember the previous winners, I don't know if I've had those beers. Well, so here's last year's. I just pulled it up while you were chatting there. The bronze went to Ale Song. For Coconut Rhino Suit. Oh, shocker. Rhino Suit, one of the ale song, just hands down one of the best barrel programs in the world, in my opinion. And Rhino Suit, whether it's regular Rhino Suit or adjunct Rhino Suit, that's great stuff. I've never had that one before. Their stuff is fantastic. Silver went to to shoots for Black Butte Cubed Amberana. There you go. And then Gold went to Ecliptic for their barrel-aged Ort. There There you you go. go. A lot of people that know what they're doing with barrel-aged beers. Well, that would be uh, John Harris and John Harris. <laughs> Not really the second one, but John Harris inspired and then literally John Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that on April 6th at Rev Hall again, I imagine. Yep, yep. I hope you guys can make it if you're coming down. If you're coming down, come say hi, and uh, you'll see us up on stage. And uh, we'll be giving away barrel-aged stouts, which is very, very, very cool. And then my last thing for the weekend beer, just want to give a shout-out to Nick, who hit us up. He had the Northwest Alt from Heater Allen. Uh, he said, has an old-school Northwest hot build twist to their uh, Stike, Steak Alt. Remember when we had that oh, conversation? Yeah. Figured this would be, would be something you both might be into and should try if you see it. So thanks for the recommendation, Nick. Uh, never turn down a good alt. Okay. That's 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 my new motto in life. I'm going to take it to the grave. Never turn down a good alt. 
Let's dive in to the topic of the week, and that is brewery food. The reason we are doing this today is because last week I told you that my week in beer included going to Steeplejack for the first time, mm-hmm. and I raved, and I think I sounded like a lunatic, about their potato croquettes. He still won't shut up. I will not. Which are mashed potato fried balls. They're fantastic. I had them on industry night when they first were launching, and me and my partner, we looked at them, we were like, this is absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I took my first bite of that, and I had an experience I have not had too many times in my life. Now, <laughs> I will say, I grew up in a family that loved fancy restaurants. Okay. I have been to many very, very highly acclaimed restaurants, chef's menus, all that stuff. I've had this experience before where you have something and you're just like, your brain is melting. At Steeplejack, when I took the first bite of that croquette, my brain was melting. It was that good. (laughs) The sauce was amazing. It was amazing uh, just in itself, the fried mashed potatoes. Delightful. And I had a really good chicken sandwich there as well. So it triggered this thought of like, have we done brewery food on the podcast? And... We have not. I think so. The cl- here is our topic. I think the closest thing we've ever done was that burger thing we did at Wayfinder. Yes, I think that's the closest thing we've ever done. Now, whenever we, back in the day, that you was know, difficult because we had the headsets on while we were eating, <laughs> and Mike's just like, I feel like there were a lot of fifteen second pauses of us chewing. And and in in the past, you know, pre COVID days when we've gone to, you know, breweries and done the takeover. Uh, We've always had food, so we've always talked about food when we've been at breweries, whether it was Laurelwood, Wayfinder, Lewitt. Lewitt. I mean, all, all the places we've been, like, we, like we've like we always chatted about the Pelican. food. Pelican. Yeah. Um, you know, we've always chatted about the food and stuff like that, but I don't think we've actually ever focused on kind of the grand scale, what it means, what your food means uh, when it comes to craft breweries in not just Oregon, but the Northwest in general. It's uh, the way I look at it is this. When someone is coming to your brew pub, assuming you serve food, they are largely coming for a meal. Some people go to sit at the bar, mm-hmm. but if you're going to a brew pub, you are there for lunch or dinner. You're there for lunch or dinner. Don't, and I know, I know you know this, but I'm going to say this to make sure everyone knows we're on the same page. We're going for an experience. Yes. But that experience more often than not, involves a meal. Yes. Um, and because of that, I think, I know the beer is obviously the star of the show. I think that food needs to be 1B at your brewery. Beer is 1A, food is 1B. Because people are coming there for your beer, but they're coming there for a meal. And if you want them to come back, the food's got to be good enough for them to be like, hey, you want to go get a burger from blah, blah, blah? And oh, yeah, their beer is fantastic, too. Especially for places that don't can as much and uh, places that are like, hey, uh, I went to Breakside and the food was fine, but uh, the beer is great. I'll go get that at the supermarket, right? If you don't have a lot of packaging and you want people to come back, your food needs to be top of the line. I am very adamant about that. You know, for at, this is how I am when I go to breweries. I go for the food and the beer is like... Number two for me, it's got to have good beer. Obviously, I'm not going to go to a place that I know doesn't have beer that I like. Mm -hmm. But I'm going because I want this sandwich or this appetizer or this burger or whatever it is. That's how I kind of view it. You want to know something crazy, Mike? What? I actually think most people are in that same boat. Uh, I've talked about this in the past, and, and some of it relates to, like, things we've talked about in COVID life. Your neighborhood spot, Okay. There are plenty of neighborhood spots. I don't know why. I always love to use Montevilla as an example, mm-hmm. and I think it's because I I, th- I think they're I, I, I think like, it's because we both have not gone there yeah, yet. And I like kind of out there. Yeah, I like their beer. I like their beer a lot, and I know that they are kind of in in their own little area. And, they don't do food, by the way, and thresholds right there. But I like to use I like to use them as an example of a very much a neighborhood bar. I think their beer is pretty good. If their beer wasn't good, I still think they would do okay because people love to go to their neighborhood brewery. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, that's when the food aspect comes in. So my my probably my better example would be Ecliptic, okay? Ecliptic and Stormbreaker. As a person who just left North Portland, that's kind of my stomping ground. Ecliptic and Stormbreaker are always banging to the point 
that if their beer wasn't very good, I still think they would do well. Yes, some of it is outdoor patio, aesthetic, location, blah, blah, blah. But like for Ecliptic, for example, I think Ecliptic's food is great. And they have an eclectic menu, too. And a very eclectic menu. And so if you look at the average consumer who doesn't, in a sense, quote unquote, care about the quality of beer, as long as it's not kerosene that you're drinking, uh, the food is going to be a big aspect of it. I would argue that what I learned in my time at Breakside, that Decom, a huge factor of Decom, why Decom is as big as it is, is Mike's food. Is 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 Mike Delaney's food up there? Mm-hmm. Is yes, Ben got the beer going and it came around and they stopped being this little spot and they became a a staple, especially before Slabtown opened downtown. But Mike's food was fantastic. I mean, my personal experience with that is, I went to Breakside for the first time at Decom, mm-hmm. and I had those crazy nacho like buffalo, buffalo chicken, nacho. chicken nachos with the blue cheese and the buff sauce and i didn't even care about the beer i said we have to come back here it's it's absolutely incredible and i what i'm saying is is i think people value that more than you think i think they look at that more so than the food than the beer i i and i think that because everywhere's got beer and that kind of leads to my point the, my whole point of this podcast in my head is i think that breweries need to bring in better, more creative chefs on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. There is a part of it that you go to a brewery and you expect a certain type of food. Sure. That should not change. Sure. It's comfort food. You get mm-hmm. mac and cheese and burgers and all that kind of stuff. Pretzel. Pretzel. A giant pretzel. Always a giant pretzel. Well, everybody needs a giant pretzel. Jalapeno poppers, stuff like that, right? But I love jalapeno poppers. My experience at Steeplejack this last week was like, why would I not come back here? Because the beer was good. Mm-hmm. The food was spectacular. It was a little eye-opening. Like, you're like, oh, there's this extra aspect. I, I was. It made me realize that as much as my favorite style of food tends to be that comfort brewery food, mm-hmm. a lot of breweries just do it pretty good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed my burger. I enjoyed my pretzel. It was good. But it's not the star of the show. Sure. It's not making me want to come back. It... Did the job. It wasn't bad. Right. But it was just fine. And I think that more breweries need to put into their mind, yes, the beer is the most important for the fact that we're a brewery, but if you want to get continuous customers over and over and over again, and if you want to get more non-beer drinkers to come to your place, that food better be banging. Yeah. I mean, as a beer-centric person... You know, I th- I think you know this is this is where we kind of differ a little bit. I know you're a beer centric person, but you're a lot more of a foodie than I am mm-hmm. when it when it comes to breweries. But like here here's some examples I will tell you some breweries that have food. These this is what I think of when I when I go there. Hey, you want to go to Von Ebert? Yeah, I'd love to go to Von Ebert. In my head, do I want those truffle steak frites or wings? Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not hungry for that, so I'll eat before I go. Yeah, for me, I go Von Ebert. Do I want the smash burger? Do I want to try? They've they've got like a, um, I guess the truffle steak frites are one that I also get there as well. That that is awesome. Um, Yeah, it's a couple things, but I I always think of, do I want the smash burger or not? I think in my head, ah, you know, I haven't seen the the homeboys uh, down at Berlick. I should go down to Berlick. Are you hungry? Do you want pizza? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll go down. And there. remember, that's not their food. Well, I know, but it's there. Yes, and 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 I know that's a weird little one. That's a, that's a little shoot. extra side. Right, thing, that's yeah. a little thing. Decom's the same way. Sometimes I turn to my lady and I'm like, "You want to go to Decom?" And then we're both in our head like, "Do we want nachos?" Mm. You know, yep. Grains of wrath. Do I want the fried chicken sandwich? You know, like there's just, I do think about that. Even though I'm somebody that doesn't eat a whole lot, especially when I go to breweries, I tend to drink more than I eat there. But it is one of those things. It's like, hey, you want to go to a brewery for lunch? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Ooh, what am I feeling? Do I want pizza? Do I want wings? Do I want nachos? And if I'm like, man, I'm really craving pizza, then I'm like, let's go to Bear Lake. Right. So you're right. I mean, even me, who's not a food-centric person at breweries, that is still yeah. weighing in on my choice. And I think it's very, very important that the food is good. 
obviously that's that's my whole point with this but and and i i i am not a i am not a burger pretzel kind of guy you know my favorite thing on the menu is at ex novo it's not even my favorite thing i don't think it's the best but it stands out you can get a jar of bacon oh at the like ogx novo on flint street you can get a jar of bacon okay like is that your meal no did you go there for the bacon no but it's cool AF. Yep. Like, it's a cool thing on the menu. 100%. I also think, too, um, this is not just a brewery thing. This is a beer place thing. Cerevesa is a good example of this. Now, mm-hmm. I know they they recently switched their chefs. Um, they had the uh, the pasties. Pasties. Which is what were, made me fall in love with Cerevesa. Which the Ruben are pasty. like a Wisconsin-based food, Hand right? pie, basically. Yeah. Um, they have really good cheese curds there. Mm-hmm. They're a small beer bar. That had a really good menu. Really fantastic food menu. I have not been there yet, but you've told me it's delightful. Tulip Shop is known oh, for their smash burgers. Fantastic. Shout out to Treadwell and his crew over there. Yeah. And fantastic like, food menu. They do schnitzel from time. Yeah, man. They yeah. got great stuff. And they and they they know how to Instagram it and it looks good and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's important. It's it's one of those things that not now not, not every place can do it. Like Bridgetown doesn't even have a kitchen. So they cannot have food there. Right, right. Unless they get like a a food cart or something that shows up outside, right? But if you have a kitchen, I think it's imperative that you up the ante on your food because, and this is just from my experience, I'm not bored of it because it's my favorite style of food, but for Slabtown, for instance, I go there and I'm like- Burgers and mac and- It was fine. Pretzels and- Yeah. Yeah. It's not decom. No. Um, I think Deschutes' food has gone down the hill. Oh, interesting. Uh, Deschutes, to me, had always had the best food of all the breweries. I thought that for a while, too. I haven't eaten there in a long time. It's still uh, it's still good. I haven't eaten there since pre-COVID. It's still good. The burgers, they've made them very small. Like, very small. Mm-hmm. Not slider size, but like, they used to have like the big handful burgers. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, I got, you know, it's a small burger. It's not quite smash, but it's yeah. not the full-size pub burger. I, I don't find their appetizers to be quite as good as they used interesting. to be. Interesting. Um, you know, there, I have so many examples of the, like, I think Grains does a great job. I think that Grains has- Well, thank you. I'll tell the chef. I think Grains has a really good burger menu, which for me is my favorite food, and they are always alternating styles and, and unique burgers. Huge. That's yeah. really, really special. Um, to be honest, I think Von Ebert's food is fine. Um, I think Ranch Pizza Barrelick is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. If my kids like it, then it's definitely good. So there are places that have that upper echelon food, and then there are breweries that I love for their beer Mm -hmm. where the food is fine. Yeah. I think if Slabtown upped the food, I mean, it's already like top of the line in the city. People love going to Slabtown. Sure. I mean, you're talking like you're going to see constant rushes at the meals for the food. Yeah. I think if Von Ebert improved the food a little bit, I think you'd see way more people in there. And that's a huge space. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be packed to the gills all the time, especially now that COVID's over. Over, quote unquote. The mask mandate's over. <laughs> um, and people can go out with a little bit more confidence again. I think you would see that as well. Uh, I think the one saving grace right now for 10 Barrel is their food's really good. Mm, I wouldn't know. Uh, right. Because yeah. a lot of people don't want to support them because they're big beer. But their food, they have this crazy nacho appetizer, Yeah, is really good. Oh, cool. So... It's one of those things that, to me, that's the elevation. And I think more breweries need to pay attention to it because you're not going to be left behind, but you're not going to stand out as much. Yeah, and I think there's even other aspects, other routes you can go on that, too. Like, uh, we like to go to Level. Um, And Level doesn't make food. But but the food food offering is the food trucks. And they're not just food trucks. They're like, well, I'm at this brewery. Kids are screaming. They're hungry. We'll get some garbage over there. It's good food. It's Isn't good food. One of so, them like fresh seafood. Yeah, yeah. They got oysters out there, and they've got this Mexican card that's absolutely fantastic. Oh, the giant are portions. So good. Yeah, giant portions. And so, like, like all the options. Th- this is Portland, Oregon. You know, this is the Pacific Northwest. We've we've walked into all these opportunities you have that whatever you look if your tap room is the size of threshold for example which is a small place you know find a way if you can get food carts outside do it but if you're going to do it get something awesome yeah. if you're barelic and you don't have a kitchen but you've got a space to get a third party in do it right with 
ranch pizza. Which they if did do it right. If you're steeplejack and you're going to do your own food, I think this is what you're saying. So what I'm trying to say is like, remember that you don't have to have a kitchen to have great food. Mm-hmm. You just have to have a plan. Yes. And you can't, I think what you are really harping on is the days of big ass burgers, giant pretzels, average nachos, and some BS wings are just over. This isn't this isn't chilies. Well, it's not this over. Isn't, this isn't elevated chilies, elevated Applebee's. Right. You want to see some more. I think it's time. If the beer is going to be nuanced, then the food needs to be nuanced. I think that's a perfect way to put it. We live in a city that is filled with spectacular food, really varied food, and some really good chefs. We currently have a chimichurri lamb burger on our menu. It's in the burger section. So it looks like a burger. At grains, yeah. At grains. It looks like a burger, right? It's just a burger. Mm-hmm. Oh, the chimichurri lamb burger. When you see it, it's different than any burger you're going to get. Right. Because it's nuanced. It's special. It's different. Exactly. It stands out. And that's what you're asking for. I think you can't get rid of the classics. The pretzel has to stay. And you got to have a cheeseburger. We're not dogging that. No, 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 no. You got to have a cheeseburger. You got to have comfort food of some sort, whether it's fried chicken or mac and cheese or whatever you want to go. But change it up, like, the amount of breweries I go to and get a pretzel, and it's like, here's our stone ground mustard, and here's a cheese dip. <laughs> Remember what the shoots did? They would give you a giant bowl filled with cheese dip with mustard around the edge of it. Oh, yeah. And you can mix the two of oh, them. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And by the way, that's still the best, the best pretzel dip I've had at any brewery. That's awesome. Because it was unique. And it was nuanced. It was the same thing, but it wasn't in a tiny little black uh, canister. Right. They're called ramekins. Ramekins. By the way, the portion sizes of that dipping sauce is ridiculous. Everybody wants more. For the size of the pretzel. <laughs> Jesus. And then Deschutes comes out and gives you like a bowl of soup. Um, I agree 100% with the nuanced take. We we live in a city with a ton of great chefs. Now, I understand that a lot of chefs don't want to ply their craft if they view themselves at a higher level at a brewery. And food costs are rising. But if you begin that trend of we're, we're a brewery that makes great beer and also has high-end comfort food mm-hmm. as opposed to just comfort food, I think you win. And you right now the opportunity is there. I think that I'm not kidding. The only place I've been wowed by the food is Steeplejack well, out of the breweries. I've enjoyed the food. Sure, sure. The only place I've been wowed <clears throat> was Steeplejack. And if that's going to start a trend, I hope it does, that you go get a chef that was maybe a little bit more chefy than a brewery to begin with, and mm-hmm. he puts his take on that food. Or she or they. Sure. Um, whoever you are out there, if you're mm-hmm. that chef and you want to go put your take on comfort food, I think that's how you get that next level up. Because I kind of feel like we've reached a point, we've talked about how you go to a brewery, the food's all about the same. Mm-hmm. Some's a little better, some's a little worse, but it's all on the same, like, two degrees of separation. We've also reached a point with the top breweries in the city where there's they're all kind of the same good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the beer's all good, mm-hmm. and you know what you're going to get, and there's a, there's some separation, and there's some uniqueness. There's another level to reach there, and that's where I kind of come with this. Well, I think, and, and, I'll, and I'll, end, I'll end on this. <clears throat> what I think you're saying is, Mike, and this is something, as someone who's managed multiple staffs at, at multiple breweries, um, when it comes to bartenders, I always I always kind of say, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work at, at, at two locations most recently, two, two breweries most recently that make world-class beer. Uh, the, the medals on the wall, the reputation speaks for themselves. Uh, they make world-class beer. And I have always gone to the staff that I have overseen and said, if we make world-class beer, you have to have world-class service slash knowledge. And I lean more on the knowledge. You have to know that at a world-class brewery, people are coming in to talk to you about this beer. And they are going to be more than the average consumer. You're going to get a ton of the average consumer, but you're going to get some people, whether they're traveling or they're local, that want to talk to you and want to know things about the beer like they're talking to a brewer. So I have always preached and worked really hard to help create that linear aspect. If the beer is world class, bartender's got to be world class. I think what you're saying is, is that it's time for the food to be world class too. If the beer is going to be world class, 
if you are striving, if you are somebody that's pouring your heart and soul, blood, sweat, tears into this beer, you don't have to win medals. I'm not talking about that. If, but if you are trying to make your beer the best absolute possible, that should be everything in your company. 100%. And honestly, it's the number one thing I learned at Breakside was it was like, if the beer is world class, everything else has to be. Do they hit everything? I don't know. That's for someone else to decide. But that was the one thing I learned over there was that's what we teach. And now that I've left that and gone to other things, everywhere I go, even not in beer, is if our product is world-class, everything around it has to be as well. That goes to service, that goes to location, aesthetics, music, blah, 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 but food. And I, I feel like food's always the saying. afterthought. Everyone, I feel like- Oh, it, people like burgers, people yeah. want a chicken sandwich, here's a wedge salad. Yeah. Exactly. And it should be more. And I think world class is tough because like world class is chef's menu and Michelin stars and you're probably not getting that at a brewery. brewery. What about like all-star? All-star food. Like your top of the line food, you're not going to be competing with like the the ox, right? Sure. Or, or the Higgins or the ringside. But right, right, right. You are competing with the next tier down, right? And I, and I, there's another thing I understand about this with... If you do that, the food price will go up on your menu. Sure. Um, and I understand that the person who comes to a brewery is not trying to spend $70 a person on food. Right. But I think there's a middle ground here because you're still making comfort food. Elevated pub food can't just be a burger on a nicer bun. With a unique one topping. It can't be mac and cheese with cougar gold cheese. Yeah. It's got to be better than that. Yeah. It's got to be higher quality meat. And more creative. Yeah. And I think there was a brewery that closed. I can't remember the name of it, but they they made Chinese food, and they had a brewery. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I they 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 closed like four or five years ago. I, I never got a chance to Here? go there. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Green Dragon? No, no, that was not the name of it. At least, oh, okay. Uh, I forget the name of it. But we talked about the one that's opening in the old uh, uh, Burnside space, which is a Vietnamese brewery. Oh. The food's going to be really cool and unique there, right? Please, Viet is my favorite food of all time. So. It doesn't even just have to be elevated pub food. You can go completely out of left field and just make good food, however, whatever that is in your in your image, in your mission, and just elevate it. That's all I'm saying is, is that right there is it should never be an afterthought. It shouldn't be the beer is what people come for and the food can be good enough. I think it should be the the other way around. I don't eat burgers. So if you're a brew pub with a bunch of burgers, like you lose me. And I eat burgers. Yeah. But if you have, hey, I've got a a, a unique bacon cheeseburger with some blue cheese. Cool. I've had that 8,000 times. <laughs> Give me something unique. Ooh, an onion ring and barbecue sauce with blue cheese on it. Oh, this one has pineapple on it. I've had that before, too. <laughs> Hawaiian burger. Shocking. But no, the lamb one. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I'll try that. Chimichurri with lamb and it's got uh, cream cheese as cheese. Yeah, dude. It's great. It's different. Sounds exciting. Let us know what you think. What are your favorite uh, food breweries in the city, in the area that you have been to? Do you need help down off this soapbox? Uh, yes, please. I'm, I'm sure, and I'm not very strong, but I will help you. I think I could step on your back and you'd be okay. Okay. Thank you. Just carrying the show. Um, what was my soapbox today? <laughs> I was hoping you didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let us know what your favorite brewery food is, and uh, if you agree or disagree with me, uh, Instagram.com slash beers on us. By the way, the beer we've been drinking during the segment is the Block 15 Selection Series Cashmere. Yep, I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, well, you know, we won't do a beer of the week, but we like trying these series, and cashmere is never the full feature in a beer, so I figured we'd grab it. Um, This, are we not doing a beer of the week? We got a beer of the week, Oh, I thought you said we're not doing one. Oh, no. No, this is not the beer of the week. Oh, I see. I'll say this. I think this is my second favorite of all the selections. This one's nice. It's really good. This one's nice. It's got some stank to it. Um, The nose is great. mm. It's got a great hop character in the middle. Uh, Some of the ones we've had, they fall a little flat because the hop by itself doesn't hold up as much. This one's got like some nuanced flavors in it that seems to be purely from this hop, which is really cool. This is the third of this second round of series, Cashmere, Amarillo, and Chinook. This is my favorite one so far. Delightful. So if, uh, if you've not had any of these and you see this on the shelf, go get this one. It's really, really good. Patrick said he is excited and nervous about the beer of the week this week. Oh, it's so wild. It's wild. And we don't know if it's going to be good. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll find out. This is Beers and Us with Mike Lynch Patrick Harris. 
Beer of the Week time! We'll get a burger. Excuse me. Here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Now, I know by the can what brewery this is. Speak, my friend. Speak your mind. This is uh, Away Days. Away Days, correct. And they've got the uh, flag of England on the back over there, as they are an English-style brewery. This is correct. I found this today. Uh, Looks like it was canned at the end of January, which should be totally fine uh, for this beer. But I saw it, and it just stuck out to me because for for a lot of things. Uh, This pod will drop tomorrow on the 17th. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this, uh, the day it's released, it is March 17th, known as St. Patrick's Day. Uh, St. Patrick was famous oh, Saint for... St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow? Yeah. St. Patrick was famous for driving these snakes out of Ireland, also known as the Druids. Uh, it's not a great story, but they fantasize it like it's a great one. But it made me think of Guinness and how people like that. And this is not a stout. Mm. But what it made me think about was that Guinness is a nitro beer. Ah, yes. And I came across this, and I saw it on the shelf, and I went, this will be a fascinating beer of the week. Okay. This is a way days... ESB Nitro English Ale Ooh, in a can. Interesting. Now, I personally do not love nitro beers. Now, it didn't, when you opened it, have the classic, like, pop release of the nitro. Right. Which is interesting. Now, I am not a big nitro guy. I am not a big cast guy. I used um, to be big I, into nitro, but I have kind of turned into the same as you. I am this. very much a CO2 lover. But I thought this would be fun. I don't think we've ever had a nitro canned beer on the pod. No, we have not. And I also, pure ignorance. I got nothing. This is pure speculation on my end. Anything I have to say. I know nothing about canning nitro beer. I don't know how it translates. I don't know the canning practice of it. So I don't know anything. There's a brewery that is known for their nitro, I think, cream ale. It's called like Boddington's. It's an English brewery. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Comes in a white can. Yep. And when you pop <clears> it, my <throat> uncle has these a lot. When you pop it, there's the release valve of the nitro of the nitrous oxide, I guess. Whatever it is <laughs> that's in the nitro. Um, that when you pop it also releases that. There's like a ball in the beer. Yeah, Guinness has that same ball as well. Yeah. I didn't hear it when you pop there's this one. No ball in there. Interesting. So I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what the difference is in this, but uh, I don't either. I just was like, you know what? Screw it. I like ESBs. We've never had a nitro beer. I've never had a nitro in a can. There's also some carbonation down there. Let's give it a see. shot. Some what? Some carbonation down there. You can see. Oh, yeah, it's still moving around a still little bit. Still moving around. Oh, okay. So I'm not really sure. It's it's interesting. I'm like I'm used to nitro beer pouring like super flat. <laughs> right, right, right. I didn't know what was going on. And this has got some booblies going on here. So I just, I don't know, I just figured it'd be fun. Well, I like Away Days. I've enjoyed some of the beer that they've made. This has a very unique smell for an ESB. Mm -hmm. This gives me a lot more of a malty, dark beer smell than ESBs normally do. Speak. Uh, I mean, I... I know you don't want to right now, but please. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, This is is really wild. Um, I, I feel the nitro in the mouthfeel. You know, I can tell it's not it's the, it's not that bubbly, crispy, mm-hmm. tingly, spicy kind there's, of feeling. There's you a get big from smoothness CO2. in the middle. Very smooth, very in. I don't want to say it tastes undercarbed because the goal is to be nitro. Yeah, I think that's going. I I I don't know if this beer is a very good ESB. Just being honest, and I think that's uh, that that's what's was wild about this. My first glance at the smell, but the the wild thing about the smell. Is I don't smell CO two. Mm-hmm. Is that a weird thing to say? It is a weird. I thing mean, to we say. breathe CO two and we smell it all day. I mean, we breathe oxygen, but our body processes the oxygen. Uh, it smells differently than a CO two beer. It does. It does. It there really is something. Does. There is something a little bit different in there. I like this beer. Um, this is not an ESB that I've tasted before in terms of that style. Both of us love ESBs. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely love it, them. It is where we meet in the middle of our of my malt f- uh, stout forward love and your lighter beer hoppy love. Mm-hmm. We kind of meet in the middle at ESB. This is way thicker and heavier than any ESB I've had locally. But I also wonder if that has something to do with how it is finished. It might be that. I'm also I don't want to say carbonation because I feel like carbonation... Uh, 
influences CO2. But yes, the way it is carbonated, I'm also curious. It's not carbon dioxide. I'm also curious if this may be more traditional. Right. Because this brewery is known for really sticking to the English beer roots. Very much so. And if you're drinking true English ESB, ESB, it's going to be way maltier. It's going to be way maltier. The ESBs we have in the Northwest. It's probably going to be heavier. Yes. The ESBs we have in the Northwest are like crispy with a little malt flavor and like a, a good richness to it. Well, this is like uber rich. I think some of that's from the nitro. And I think the malt character is way thicker in this as well. Uh, that's not from the nitro. Just the flavor of it's like really, really sitting on my tongue. I really enjoy this beer. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm glad to hear that because this is where my ignorance comes in. If there's anything that that I know as somebody who's had a decent amount of you know foreign beer uh as a person that leans towards more american style it's it's fair to say that a lot of the traditional european style beers america has leaned out has 100%. very much leaned out cleaned it up I mean, just drier at, on the back end. Just look at Woodmer's Hef. Yeah, you know, like cleaned it up and, and clean it, good or bad. You you choose. I'm just using the term clean in terms of of clarity and and softness and finish. And they modernized it a little bit. They modernized it. That's a great way to put it. Thank you for that term. They've modernized it. So this might be more to if I walk into a pub in North London drowning my sorrows because Arsenal got smoked by Liverpool today, this might be the ESP you drink. What's interesting is that the nose of this is not great. It's interesting. It's really not. It's interesting, but it's not a great nose. And it it affects the early part of the sip because your nose and your mouth are connected. And when you take that sip, you're smelling it. Mm-hmm. Once I get past that very initial wall, the rest of this beer is really good. Okay. So it's like 85% great. The first 15% of the nose and the initial sip are, eh, it's not, not amazing. But once you get past that first wall, to me, I think this is really tasty. That's awesome to hear, Mike, because I feel very much like a pilgrim in an unknown land right now. <laughs> <clears throat> like, I smelled this beer and I was like, oh, no. And then I tasted it and I was like, oh, no. And you're like, well, yeah, because of this, this, and this. And I went, oh, really? I'm just guessing. I, th- I thought, well, I know we're all just guessing. I don't know. I don't know S about any of this stuff. Um, but you've given me a different outlook on it. Um, Did it change the taste for you at all, looking at it in that way? Well, I don't know if it changes the taste, but I think it changes the perspective. I well, mean, I guess that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I will always be a CO2 kid. I just always will. I don't even love beer gas, which is a mix of... of 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 nitro and CO two in bars, like I'm 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 not even a fan of that. You know, I just I just like straight CO two lines pumping. That's just the old school crotchety get off my lawn. Bryce Harper's a jerk kind of life that I that I live. So this is a whole new adjunct to me. So I don't I don't want to say this beer is bad. I'm just like, what is going on in my mouth? And I mean, I've gone pretty far away from nitro recently. I've had. A couple. I, I know that uh, Rogue does their Shakespeare style in nitro mm-hmm. in cans. I've had that somewhat recently. Um, but generally, I used to get nitro all the time. Mm-hmm. I well, thought it that makes sense. I thought that was like that a, creamier, the that right softer, way to drink a stout, too. Totally. You know? I thought it was like, we have this stout and we have it on nitro. And, and you're I was like, like oh, give me the nitro. Fancy. I'll have the nitro. I used to drink a lot more cask beers as well for a very similar mm-hmm, reason. Mm-hmm. It felt like. And I don't love cask beers for the same reason. It felt on the menu like it was elevated, even though that's not really the case. But that's just how it felt when I first went to breweries. Yeah, this is actually the least nitro of any of the nitros I've had in terms of straight cream. That's uh, dirty to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody, anybody but, out there, anybody out there listening, you know, I'll just say this real quick. If if you if you're a nitro fan or if you know things about nitro, please let me know. I'd also love to know any breweries that do nitro well because I'd love to reach out and chat with them about nitro. Because, like I said, I'm totally a, foreign. I'm a CO two kid that like get off my lawn. I don't want to hear about your other stuff. Uh, but as an as as an, a former educator and a person who loves to learn, I would love to learn about it. Well, there is our beer of the week. What is it called? You didn't even say. Uh, it's just ESB Nitro English Ale. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, from Away Days. That is our beer of the week. I quite enjoy it. Oh, uh, it said shake can gently before pouring. I did not do that. Well. 
Excellent. Five percent. I wonder how different it would have tasted if we shook the can. I'll go buy another one tomorrow. <laughs> That'd be so interesting. We'll check back next week. I'll buy another one tomorrow, and I'll we'll check back next week. Okay. All right. Shake can gently, guys. If you no, try this beer, why would I ever look for that? Why would ever? Why why would I ever say that? I, I would never look for a can to say shake gently. I don't and know. if somebody was like, turn this can upside down before you pour it, I'm like, why? Because there's a bunch of yeast in suspension? Because I don't want that either. <laughs> yeast will make you go poop. Uh. <laughs> just flies right through your system. That it does. Yeah, it's like bad nachos. Just That it does. Well, there's our beer of the week. We didn't drink it correctly, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> we'll come back next week. I'll bring one next week. Okay. I still enjoyed it. And um, we'll be back next week. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, download wherever you find us. Instagram.com slash beers on us is our main hub, and that is soon going to be our only hub. <laughs> so uh, stick there, DM us. Let us know which breweries have the best food, in your opinion, and yeah, whether or I'd not. Love to know, especially if there's one out there I haven't been to. Right, because uh, that will be, at least for me, a certainty that I will go visit it. Yeah. Uh, regard- regardless of the beer, I want to go try their food. Uh, so let us know what you like, and if you agree with me or not, and if you just want the brewery food to stay the same because you you are like safe in knowing that when I go to a brewery, I'll get a solid burger and a solid pretzel and there'll be no frills, but it'll be good. Let us know. Instagram.com slash beers on us. We will see you guys next week at four. King City. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.